0: Hi, this is Biko, and we are listening to Linux for Everyone in Germany. Welcome home. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Linux for Everyone. This is the podcast about desktop Linux open source software and the people creating and enjoying it. And I hope you've been enjoying it this week. I have been enjoying some hardware. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know that Lana is back. Our schedule's finally synced up, and she is here to talk about her first experience with Ubuntu and with Linux in general in over 12 years. That's coming up in just a few minutes, but first, I promised you a double discovery of the week, and you're going to get it. This first one came to my attention probably 30 minutes before I sat down to record this episode, so I want to give a special thanks to Phil over in our Telegram group, that is Linux, the number for everyone over on Telegram, and also to GamingOnLinux.com, Liam covered it over there. It's called mango hud now for those of you into gaming there is a youtuber called flightless mango and he has some of the most exquisitely produced benchmark videos and he has an entire website where you can take these gorgeous graphs that he has created and plug in your information and generate charts Now he is releasing Mango HUD, and this is basically a modification of the Mesa Vulkan overlay, and it includes some GUI improvements. Liam has all the details over at GamingOnLinux.com, and I'll link to his article in the show notes for this episode, or if you're listening on YouTube, in the description below. So as Liam says, this enables you to get a heads-up display on your games with fancy details like frames per second and frame timings, GPU and CPU utilization, GPU and CPU temperature reporting, and more. Of particular interest to me is that Mango HUD also incorporates some benchmarking capabilities. So Liam says that with the tap of a button, you can record stuff like FPS, CPU, and GPU utilization. And I cannot wait to try this out. It's a short discovery of the week. I haven't used it yet, but I wanted to tell you about it so that we can get more people out there testing it. And I certainly will be among those people. This is something that I think we have needed for a long time. And there are solutions out there already. But with the direction this looks like it's heading, I think MangoHUD is going to be a much more accessible, much more uh, easy to install an easier-to-use heads-up display that that can give us some really useful information and make it a lot easier for people like me who are doing gaming videos and stuff like that on YouTube. So if you want to test it out yourself, the URL is github.com slash flightlessmango slash mangohud. And yes, there will be a direct link to the GitHub in the show notes for episode 26. And the second discovery of the week is something that is probably a well-known quantity. I just recently, this week in fact, had a chance to experience it firsthand. And I'm talking about the combination of the System76 Thaleo and the AMD Ryzen 5 3400G processor. Now, why is this a big deal to me? Because before I even made the switch to Linux, I was covering AMD's APUs for years. And the, the APUs are a segment of AMD's processors which include integrated graphics, much like Intel's, but much more powerful. So this new generation, the 3400G, is a four-core CPU that has Vega 11 graphics built in. And this is the chip that's shipped with my System76 Thaleo. And I have finally gotten my hands dirty with the system. And I wanted to put it to the test for gaming and multitasking. What can this thing do without a dedicated Radeon or NVIDIA GeForce card? Now, if you want the, the full impact of how cool this is, I would suggest watching the video that I uploaded to YouTube and to Library. You know where to find links to both of those. Anyway, uh, there's a multitasking reveal that I think you guys will particularly enjoy. So make sure to check out that video. But here's what it boils down to. Yes, the 4-core Ryzen 3400G is quite a little workhorse, especially for a processor that retails for about $150. Let me run some of just the gaming benchmarks by you. So all of these were running on my Thaleo, with Pop OS 1910 and 16 gigabytes of RAM. And all of them were running at 1080p, so 1920 by 1080, with nothing more than the Ryzen 3400G processor driving all the graphics. Check this out. Dirt Rally, medium quality, 64 average frames per second. How about Dirt Rally on ultra quality at 1080p? 42 FPS. Uh, Counter-Strike Go, maximum quality. I got about 55 to 70 FPS. Risk of Rain 2, which is an early access game running on Proton, about 30 to 40 FPS on medium quality. Doom 2016, medium quality with Vulcan, 35 FPS. And Overwatch, playing via Lutris, I got about 45 to 55 average FPS in a match on medium graphics quality. Wow! I'm not going to spoil the rest, but um, you need to see what else I was doing while I was running that Dirt Rally benchmark. Definitely check out that video. I had a blast making it, and some of the reactions have been great so far. Bottom line? I'm really impressed with the Thaleo because it stays super, super quiet. Even when it's under load, it sounds like a whisper. And when it's not under load, it's dead quiet. So more exploration is needed, but I just wanted to briefly touch on one of my first experiences with the uh, the 3400G inside of the Thaleo. And by the way, I've got that Thalia loaded up with four additional SSDs because they make it so easy to just literally drop a new drive in there. You don't even have to power it on. It just drops into a pre-configured slot and you're good to go. So uh, I'm doing a lot of distro testing over the coming weeks because a lot of you have told me, hey, really respect that Pop!OS is great for gaming, but you really need to try Manjaro 19. You really need to try salient OS. And so I'm going to try both of those and I'll report back here at some point, as well as uh, having some videos up on YouTube and on library. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before we chat with Lana about Ubuntu. I just want to thank everyone who showed up to the Destination Linux Network game night last weekend and helped us raise more than 700 more dollars for our charity free geek in just a matter of hours it was so much fun and you guys were so generous and uh, everyone who showed up or shared the link or commented or you know watched and donated thank you thank you thank you you guys are helping us make a big difference Ladies and gentlemen, my very special guest for episode 26 was also my very special guest for episode 19. Please welcome back Terminal Girl, aka my wife, Lana.
1: So hi, everyone. It's good to be back. I know that episode 19 was a while back. We traveled to Nepal, and so I spent 23 full days away from PC or laptop or anything, the reality of coming back from a vacation struck. And so here we are.
0: Now, for those of you who might be new to the show, if you have not heard episode 19 yet, this isn't exactly spoiler territory, but you might want to listen to that because that explains how Lana actually was into Linux way before me. And uh, we hear a little bit about her history and what she is looking forward to in her new Linux journey. That journey involved her trying Ubuntu for about a month after using Windows for about the last 12 years or so.
1: The reason why we started, well, why we decided to start me again with Ubuntu is because that was the distro that I used 12 years ago when I was using Linux, And one of the things that Jason and I agreed on is that he's going to give me sort of challenges for each distro just so I have something to compare it with. So I can try certain things on each distro so I can, let's say, make some kind of an objective opinion on it. But let's face it, like every opinion is slightly subjective.
0: Yeah, so so some of those... Challenges might be things like installing a program from the terminal or customizing the desktop or even installing a different desktop environment. So as we go on through this little experiment, the goal is to see if Lana will want to stick with a certain Linux distribution based on her experiences with multiple distributions. So you spent about a month with Ubuntu 19.10 And uh, do you want to talk just a little bit about kind of your general impressions of Ubuntu as someone coming from using Windows at work all day long?
1: Well, first of all, when I saw Ubuntu once again on my desktop, I was just ecstatic. It's something that I used so long ago and I had so much fun with. So for me, I was just so excited to see it again. So of course, the second I saw it, I just wanted to try it out. I wanted to see... How does it work? But the biggest thing for me was, well, if you listen to episode 19, you know that the reason why I decided to switch back to Windows is because I couldn't play World of Warcraft. And this was the thing that I really wanted to test out straight away. (laughs) Well, uh, let's just say that the first thing I wanted to do is install World of Warcraft and start playing it. And that's not something that happened.
0: But what you did manage to figure out was how to install Lutris, which is a great piece of software that kind of automates all the headaches surrounding, you know, using wine to play Windows games. So you installed Lutris and then we ran into a giant obstacle, which I hadn't encountered when I tried to play it with you. Uh, You were playing on Windows, and I was playing on Linux about like two years ago. And this wasn't an issue then, but it was an issue now. And we both were actually sort of banging our head against the wall trying to figure out what was wrong. It just would not launch. It would launch into the character select screen. But then when you went in to load the world, it would just say, nope, sorry, we ended up tracing it back to a GitHub page, which instructed you to install a cache folder from a Windows installation of World of Warcraft into your Linux installation of World of Warcraft. And that solved the problem. And I've done it a few times since on my systems. and it's, It seems like a piece of cake now, but it was uh, certainly not something that was intuitive at all for a new Linux user.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, I know that you especially wanted my first experience with coming back to Linux to be perfect. I was once again in front of Linux, and I couldn't play World of Warcraft. I mean, surely, you know, I knew that there was some kind of solution to it, but the thing is... I don't want to be forced to Google stuff and to be forced to figure things out. Like, I understand that there are certain issues and there are certain bugs that you just have to get your hands dirty and just resolve it. But come on, this is World of Warcraft. I just want to play.
0: Yeah, it's a fair mm-hmm. complaint. And I was, I was understandably disappointed and frustrated that that was the outcome because after all this time... You know, I got her to sit down in front of Linux, and then the first thing that she ran up against was um, kind of a callback to the reason that she switched to Windows back in the gutsy gibbon days of, of Ubuntu.
1: Oh, you have to understand, he went above and beyond. He cleaned my entire work desk, he put a little cactus on there, he made everything all very nice and neat because normally we have an office here and he well yeah he uses both of our desks but he really wanted me to have that perfect experience with Ubuntu. What was very well let's let's call it funny now is that I encountered so many issues that he didn't encounter when he started using Ubuntu but for some reason I did. <laughs> Looking
0: back on this though, I I'm glad it happened in a way because I think that as Linux advocates, sometimes we need a reality check. Sometimes we need to see what we love through someone else's eyes and and recognize that the solution that might be easier for us is insurmountable to them. You know, we might be we might be playing dozens of ge- our favorite games through Steam Proton, but maybe the person that wants to switch to Linux just wants to play that one game. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, they might just go back to Windows or or back to Mac. So I'm trying to kind of view this experience as a learning experience and and something that can inform my dialogue with other people who want to switch to Linux, if if that makes sense.
1: What I think is very important here is that when you try out a new distro, you can read a lot about it, but you're still going to get that unique experience when you try it, regardless of what you try. And that experience is only yours.
0: It also reminds me of a lot of conversations I've had on Twitter with a lot of you uh, talking about video editing on Linux. And, you know, for example, Nick at the Linux Experiment, he has this entire series on YouTube about using Kdenlive, and he makes these incredibly... Polished, professional looking videos with this great open source software, then you'll see other people, including myself, who tried to get Indicated Live and tried to make an earnest effort to learn it and to use it, but it just kept crashing or it had various other problems. And so I think that just reinforces the fact that everyone's experience could be different and we have to keep that in mind when we're, when we're recommending things and when we're helping people with things. Our experiences are going to be different sometimes even on the same distribution with the same software. Okay, well, I don't want to dwell too much on the negative stuff, but I did feel like having a little mini discussion about that because I thought it was important. What did you do besides uh, trying to get World of Warcraft to run? What were some of the first things that that you encountered and that uh, that maybe surprised you?
1: One of the things that I use daily on my phone is Spotify. I listen to music all the time from the moment I get up to the time I go to bed. So, this is one of the things that I wanted to try to install. And so, of course, naturally for me, I went into the browser and I went to Spotify's page and I wanted to install it. I know a lot of you listen to this from the US or any number of places where Spotify is available. So, we live in Croatia and Spotify is not officially available. The reason why I have Spotify on my phone is because I installed it while I was in the States. And going through their website, of course, I encountered the same old problem. Spotify is not available in your country. And then you came along and suggested an Ubuntu store.
0: The, uh, the Ubuntu Software Center, which has a lot of software including uh software from what's called the Snap Store which is a place where you can get a lot of of popular software that uh that is used on Windows and Mac as well
1: so i decided to give it a go and i was so surprised and so freaking happy That I can actually install, not just install, but run, play music, log into my Spotify account and play music through my PC. I understand, I completely understand that for majority of you, that's just a given. But for me, that was such a huge deal. Was there anything
0: about the actual installation process that you noticed was different than Windows?
1: It was very easy, I didn't have to go through the whole, like, lessons agreements, I didn't have to agree to give them my firstborn and my two kidneys and so on. It was just very simple, very simple and very quick. Now, just so you don't think that this was a dream come true, I did run into some issues, once again, issues that Jason never encountered. <laughs>
0: And I always encounter bugs, which is weird.
1: So, the issue that I had with Spotify, I would start playing a certain song, an album, whatever. And then, what I would go back to Spotify and search for something else and click on another album, another performer to start playing, suddenly I would have two different albums, two different performers playing at the same time through my speaker. Now, you know, if, if you're a dead mouse or a Skrillex or something, you might think, hey, this is a good mix.
0: So how did you feel about the way that Ubuntu looked?
1: When I sat down in front of the PC, one of the things that I really liked is that everything was so intuitive. I knew where to go to find something. I knew what to click to go into my settings or to find something. So this is something that I really, really liked. Now, one of the reasons why I fell in love with Ubuntu is the cube. The cube. It's not the Borg cube. I understand, the Borg cube is so much cooler, but it was the cube. When I saw that back 12 years ago, that was like everything, that was, oh my god, what is this? I need to have it, I want to have it, I will have it, I did have it. I don't care if that is not a thing anymore, if that's not cool anymore, to me, that is cool. You'd think that's an easy thing to have. I had it 12 years ago, right? So how difficult is it? Well, (laughs) well, it appears it is difficult.
0: This is when Lana learned about desktop environments and how Ubuntu was running GNOME and Ubuntu used to run Unity and these are you know so so she got a bit of a crash course in the streamlined kind of minimalistic uh workflow of gnome versus the very flashy customizable kde
1: i was not even aware of the fact that you can have a distro and then different desktop environments so yeah um i had ubuntu and i had gnome with the With a G, (laughs) and I'm going to pronounce it the Croatian way, which is GNOME.
0: (laughs) So many people will be happy to hear that.
1: So I was using Ubuntu with GNOME, and um, I wanted to have my cube. I realized, well, that's not happening. So I got a recommendation of installing KDE. So I did, which was a fun experience, and uh, I enjoyed having that different desktop environment, though I do have to say I still kind of like no more. I don't know why, I just... I It looks nicer, it feels more natural than KDE is. But once again, that's very subjective. So both Jason and I did a lot of searching, trying to figure out how to make my cube happening once again, because for me, that was a must. And so after a lot of searching, we got nowhere. (laughs) He really wanted me to have this perfect experience. Now, you got to understand, the guy, that this is not just his job. He doesn't write about Linux because someone tells him to write about Linux. He doesn't do Linux for everyone because he has to do it. He wanted me to love it as much as he loves it. So, when we encountered the problem of the cube, he was just, after the whole World of Warcraft issue that he didn't encounter, and then the Spotify issue that he didn't encounter, and then my next thing was, I want the cube, and then the cube was not working properly, and, oh my god, I'm pretty sure a couple of his gray hairs came from that evening, And this is something that I learned from Jason, is this is an amazing community. When you encounter a problem, they're there to help you. So I decided, okay, I'm going to tweet this and let's see if someone is going to help out with this, if someone knows how to resolve this. And we didn't have to wait long because soon enough, Dark One LTG came along, not just... With an answer, he actually went and recorded a video of how to get that cube running. And this is one of the things that Jason has been telling me ever since he got into his whole Linux adventure how amazing this community is. And I was, I was a bit skeptical, but this was actually the first time when I realized, oh my God. This community really is amazing. And after watching his video, I got my cube. You guys rock.
0: When you first used Linux, you really loved using the terminal. Did you get a chance to play around in the terminal at all?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, as you said, I mentioned in that episode is that using terminal in a way felt more powerful than clicking onto a certain icon and just running something. I really did enjoy using the terminal. So one of the things that was very surprising to me is that I didn't have to use terminal as much, but it was still there. And I remember multiple times when I wanted to open something, run something. Even you, you told me, you can just click on it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I gotta run it through terminal. That was something that I guess I missed. I love that I got to play with it once again after 12 years or whatever has passed since I used Ubuntu last.
0: Now I'm just thinking about all of the suggestions and challenges that the community might have for you. That's not installing Arch, guys. Be nice.
1: I have to use Windows for the majority of my day, so I do look forward to hearing your challenges, suggestions. Throw it at me. Well,
0: okay. So your first experience with Ubuntu after 11 or 12 years was a bit of a mixed bag. What I want to know now is, is number one, do you want to keep trying to use Linux? And is Ubuntu something you want to stick with? Or do you want to try something completely different in the hopes that you'll have a Smoother experience?
1: I'm definitely open to new experiences, especially because I have so much issues using my work laptop. Because I ended up in many, many situations where I lost very important documents and, or stuff that I was working on, stuff that I spent hours doing. And I would just lose it because, I don't know, Windows decided, well, <laughs> we look, I'm sorry this isn't working right now, do you want to close it? And like, no, I don't want to close it. All right, do you want to wait a bit? Yes, I'm going to wait, and then I wait, and I wait, and nothing happens. Well, you, you know how this sounds. Like, it's not about losing a document, but it's about losing hours of my work. So this is something that I did not encounter while I was using Ubuntu. Therefore, I am more than open to trying out more Linux distros. However, when it comes to Ubuntu, I do gotta say I did encounter a lot of issues. Let's go back to the day when I came home and sat in front of my PC and I came back to the login loop, and this is something that you didn't encounter, so yay my luck I guess. But I do like it, I do like how the interface looks, but yeah I'm very much open to trying more especially after reading a lot of people saying like why did you let her test out ubuntu get her down to elementary so and there's this one there is this one i cannot remember the name now that um you know the evil people are cheering for um it's something that like self-destructs or something (laughs) um i it's
0: called suicide linux I love the terminal so much. It's If you make a mistake, if you type the wrong command or there's a typo, it deletes your installation. So I think what I'm hearing is that you like GNOME as the desktop, but you might want to try the GNOME desktop on a different Linux distribution, like maybe Fedora or maybe Manjaro or something else. And you're kind of hoping that you get that same visual experience, but... Maybe without all of the bugs.
1: Yeah, I think so. Like, look, guys, in all honesty, I'm going to go and wrestle any issue that comes along my way. But if I don't have to do that, then I will not do that. Don't get me wrong. We're doing this as an experiment. We're doing this so I get to test out all these different distros. And so I will do it. Of course, I will do it. I will find a solution but if I have to choose something that I will stick with, it's going to be something that runs smoothly. This is
0: sort of an anecdotal observation. It's not something that's backed by data, or it's, it's basically backed by experience and, and observation. But Ubuntu is by far the most popular Linux distribution. There was all that pushback when I, when I said, okay, we're going to start Lana off on Ubuntu, and in my um telegram community for linux for everyone a lot of people there don't use ubuntu and a lot of people that i talk to on twitter don't use ubuntu so it's a really interesting disconnect for me and i there are there are so many great distributions based on ubuntu like pop os you know and i got my start on i switched i switched to linux because i had such a wonderful experience with ubuntu so I just wanted to throw that observation out there. It's really interesting.
1: Now, listening to you say this, if this was my first experience with Ubuntu, with Linux, let's say I never used it before. Let's say I ran into one of your articles, I listened to your podcast, and I decided to try it out for myself. Now, I'm sorry if if I offend anyone. That would be my last experience. If I didn't have you with your experiences, if I just had, you know, experiences coming from this random someone writing some articles or whatever, I would not stick around to using Ubuntu. So, the question remains for you and the entire community, what happens when you have people who use Windows for years of or decades, and they end up in my situation, they end up encountering all the issues? You guys were right. Ubuntu clearly isn't the the first experience that a person should have with Linux. And so I heard from a lot of you, elementary, I heard Deepen. Guys, vote for that. Don't vote for some kind of suicide Linux or whatever it is. English isn't my native language. Croatian is. So if I have a typo or something... Apparently, everything falls apart. You don't want that, do you? Come on. Vote for something better.
0: Well, before we say goodbye, I had asked the community on Twitter if they had any questions for you, and they did have a lot of questions. Are there any that you wanted to answer before you go?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Okay, this one's from David on Twitter, and he asks, what has been your favorite part so far, and what has been your least favorite part?
1: One of the things that I really enjoyed while using Ubuntu is that just the interface was just so intuitive for me. Everything was where I imagined it to be, so it was a very easy experience when it comes to that.
0: I think we will ask our listeners what they think uh, you should choose next based on your experience.
1: I do got to say I really trust the community I really like the people here. I really appreciate their help. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the results of the survey. Which distro should I use next? Please be nice to me.
0: All right, everybody, that's going to do it for episode 26 of Linux for Everyone. As always, I know I say this a lot, but i it's because I mean it. Thank you for paying attention, for engaging, for encouraging, just for being here and, and being a part of this crazy journey of mine and Lana's as well. There are a ton of places on the web that you can follow me. There is YouTube. There is Library. There's Twitter, Mastodon, Facebook, Telegram. You can find all those links at Linux, the number four, everyone.com. And until we speak again, take care and take care of each other.
1: What? A little mini discussion? Do you know where you get that from? You get that from me talking to the dog. It's a little mini gritska. It's a little mini... Can we do a gaming podcast? I have so much to talk about. What was it with the Calderon? Oh my God, he was casting so many spells and you had to make sure which spells are you casting and what thing is like he is casting. Oh, it, it was insane. Cube, the cube, but it was the cube.